0: Good moment, America. How are you? My name is Terry Wilkerson, and this is Commentary. Just a brief update for everybody. I, surprisingly, I know, have decided to change the name of the show one more time. If you've been with me from the beginning, and I know... So many of you have. We began as the major malfunction. We became the Tarrant, Walking Tall with Terry Wilkerson, eventually the Terry Wilkerson Show. And you probably also are aware that commentary has been kind of a side project. Well, it has become the name of this main project, effective as of this episode, for the very simple reason that the Terry Wilkerson Show has just begun to feel the name, I should say, has begun to feel... Like, I don't know, the Craig Kilborn show or the David Letterman show. It's gotten kind of a late night feel. And every single episode every week I come out here as an ordinary American taking a look at our extraordinary nation. And it's time that I kind of rebrand the show and give it a name that suits what it is. And it's my commentary on everything that's going on in the country. So, commentary. The name fits, if you ask me. So, welcome to commentary. All right, right off the bat, America, the very first thing I want to talk about this week, and I'm just going to get this out of the way. There is a very good chance, according to, in my mind, the sitting president of the United States, Donald John Trump, according to him, there is a very good chance that he will be indicted and arrested by the Manhattan District Attorney this week, this coming week, for... Something revolving around the Hush Money scandal when it comes to Stormy Daniels, the former porn star. The Secret Service apparently is working with the Manhattan DA's office in order to come up with a solution as to whether or not he will be handcuffed, but apparently he is going to be fingerprinted and processed as anybody else would. This is coming directly from Trump himself. This is going to end up one of two ways, America. Either... It's not going to happen at all. And it's just a bunch of blustering on the part of the Manhattan DA. Then, and of course, we all know that when people get into Trump's head, he has a tendency to talk about them. That's one of his great downfalls. The other thing that could happen is that this will actually happen. He will actually face these charges and hell will break loose. I... As a quick sidebar, I recently have, of course, deleted my remaining Twitter accounts because I think it's just a cesspool, and I think that Elon Musk is the biggest scam artist of our time. He's a liar. He's a con artist. He has done absolutely nothing to make Twitter better. In fact, under his leadership, quote-unquote, it has gotten even worse and has become more of a cesspool of... Communist nonsense. They are suppressing conservative and libertarian voices even more than they ever have. So I've deleted my Twitter accounts and have actually deleted a large majority of my social media accounts. And on my way out of one particular cesspool of liberal bullshit, I read where Randy Quaid apparently made the comment that he thinks that if Trump is arrested, that there needs to be a response. Which, of course, the communists, the ultra-leftists, read as some type of violence. You know, He, he said in the comment that J6 would look like a party or something. Well, we Randy, we now know, and all the respect in the world to Randy Quaid, but Randy, we know for a fact now that January six was organized by Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the party. With Mike Pence at the head of it. So there's not going to be liberals, commies, fuckbags. You can calm the fuck down. There is not going to be another quote-unquote January 6th insurrection because your bosses at the top of the party aren't around to organize another one. They have other things to worry about. They actually have to do their jobs now. But I do think if this arrest, if this indictment happens, there is going to be some type of repercussion. There will be. Whether it be an underground repercussion or whether it be out in the open. But America, you have to get ready for the fact that if this happens, bad shit is going to follow, man. There's going to be some bad bombing not just because they're attempting to arrest for no reason other than political maneuvering the true president of the United States but also this is a this is a representation this arrest this indictment is simply a way of them indicating that you're next they're going after the people's choice for president and next They're going to go after you. They are using the criminal justice system. They are using the legal system and weaponizing it against their enemies. They have been doing it for decades. Go all the way back to Ruby Ridge, Ruby Falls, Idaho. Ruby Ridge was a weaponization of the Justice Department by the Clinton administration against a true American patriot in Randy Weaver. Go back to Waco, which is a weaponization of the criminal justice system and the military against a sovereign American in the form of David Koresh. January 6th, quote-unquote, insurrection trials, which have become, obviously, an absolute sham, and we now know for a fact Pelosi and Schumer are behind it. Those were used to weaponize our justice system against people who have no problem standing up and being voices for freedom and patriotism in America. And now they're going after Donald Trump himself. America, this is your wake-up call to the weaponization, to the usage of our justice system, to go after those of us who dare to dissent. Under normal circumstances, I really couldn't care less about the man involved in this, you know, Donald Trump. I'm not his biggest fan. For those of you who may be new to the show, I did not vote for Trump in 2016. I was three minutes away from not voting for him in 2020, but then an incident occurred at my polling place that led me to change my vote from Joe Jorgensen to Donald Trump, and he that will be the last presidential vote that I ever do that's not my own name. And yes, I'm running in 2024. So I am not the biggest Donald Trump supporter. I had been to a couple of rallies that supported him, I always had an issue with him. I never looked at him as being the conservative Republican he claims to be. I think that's kind of a scam. And I never will forget that he was a Democrat right up until 2016. Right up until he went to announce for president. That's when all of a sudden he became a hardcore Republican. I believe he changed his party affiliation somewhere around 2010 or 12. But he was never a full-fledged Republican, and he certainly... Sure as hell not a full-fledged constitutional conservative. He believes in violations of the Second Amendment. And that right there takes any credibility you have as a constitutional conservative away. So for those of you who are new to the show, there's my little spiel on Donald Trump. For those of you who have heard it a thousand times, you could probably repeat it just as well as I can. So I really couldn't care less about the man in principle. But unfortunately... The principle translates into, he is a symbol. He is symbolic of what they are getting ready to do to those of us who dare to dissent from the impending socialist uprising in this country. Keep your eyes and your ears peeled, America. This is going to lead us down a path we do not want to go down. I guarantee it. All right. Hey, we got the uh, opening monologue out of the way. How cool is that? All right. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about my week, America, and I hope everybody out there is doing well. But, uh, like I said, let me tell you a little bit about mine. I am now in my second week without dipping tobacco. I'm trying to quit again. I'm not doing this cold turkey. I have these nicotine pouches, these two milligram pouches, and the ritual isn't exactly the same. And to me, that's what dipping's always been about. It's been about the ritual, the packing of the can, the packing of your lip, that first spit, and the, the the nicotine buzz that that nicotine buzz you get within the first like minute of packing the lip. That's always been secondary to the ritual itself. So the ritual isn't the same with these nicotine pouches, but I'm trying because I'm I found out through a little bit of research that. Apparently nicotine can raise your blood sugar, and my blood sugar is already through the goddamn roof all the time anyway, so I needed to find a way to at least back off of it. And these two milligram pouches, they are lower in nicotine content than just packing a regular lip would be. So the idea is to eventually phase these out. There is a a product out there, and I'm not going to use the the company name, but there is a product, uh, Herbal Snuff made out of corn silk and uh, kudzu root, molasses, and a couple of other things that has, like, the mouth feel. And that's what eventually, when I phase out this nicotine, I want to move into just doing the herbal snuff. And it's... Let me make this clear, America. This is just about my health. This is just about the fact that my blood sugar levels keep spiking. I'm trying to take care of myself. I'm, I'm going to be fucking 48 years old this year. And I keep... Vacillating between about 275 and 285 pounds. So I know that my blood sugar is an issue. There's a history of diabetes in my family. I want to get my shit under control. I want to get my health under control. And it's not a matter of the price. I will pay fucking $10 a can. If I was going to continue on, I would continue to pay. Whatever the hell the price is, because I love the dip. I'm not going to let the government and the CDC and the FDA and a bunch of bullshit, pansy ass pussy fucking liberal commie fucks tell me that it's bad for you, so we're going to keep raising the price. Keep fucking raising the price. Keep raising the price. This is something you're going to learn sooner or later. You keep, you wanted people to go away from cigarettes, so you told them to go and, and try vapes, and then all of a sudden you don't think those are good for anybody anymore. Keep making these stupid, erroneous and arbitrary decisions. And I'm talking to the entire party. And again, for the new listeners, when I refer to the party, I'm referring to Republicans, Democrats, the big media, and big tech, all working in concert to take away your rights and your freedom and your liberty. Keep doing it. Sooner or later, shit's gonna hit the fan, shit's gonna get bad for you. And bear, bear this in mind. One of these days, you're going to have a massive amount of really pissed off rednecks that don't have their dip anymore or don't have their cigarettes anymore or whatever the hell it is that they use. They don't have their nicotine anymore. Then it's going to be your ass in a fucking sling. Let me guarantee that. So that's going on. I'm trying to back off on that. and But as always, America, fire up your smoke, pack your ball, pack your lip. Grab yourself a shot or a beer, whatever you need to do. Let's sit around and let's shoot the shit. So that's what's going on. Um, I heard from a buddy of mine the other day. This is really interesting and it's really kind of creepy. He's going for one of these exams, like one of these um, Six Sigma type things for his job. It's not mandatory for his employment, but it's one of these... Helps around the office, you know, gives them a little bit more credibility, yada, yada, yada. And he was telling me that the company that provides this test, they give you two options. One, you can do it online. Or two, you can do it in person. And that if you do it online, they need like a 360 degree view of your testing space, your office. They need to know every single inch of the office that you're working in and that you you basically have to download this extension file onto your computer which takes over until the test is over that's really fucking creepy if you ask me, it, it takes over your entire computer it takes over your, your drivers, it takes over the webcam, the microphone, the speakers, everything, apparently so this is just, this is creepy as shit to me and the other option being, in person, you would go to one of these training facilities, one of these testing facilities, and you have to give your palm print. Your, your, they take like a scan of the veins in your palm. Supposedly, it's to ensure that you are who, they, who you tell them that you are. My question is, compared to what? What comparison, what previous palm print, palm scan, palm vein scan do they have to prove that it's you? And they, oh, well, it's it's just a uh, security method we came up with. That tells me you already have my palm vein print or anybody else's. That tells me you already have this shit, and that's scary as fuck. That we've gotten to that point with the surveillance state. I mean, it's bad enough that we have cameras on every damn corner. And you could tell, well, it helps in you know, traffic. It doesn't do anything except give the party and give the government specifically more access to everything we do. America, for decades, we have been allowing the government incremental overtaking of our rights. It's bad enough. I mean, these fucking traffic cameras, they don't help. They just make things worse. They may be used once in a while to catch a criminal, but what they're used for is the database, is the big tech database that they sell off to the government and that they sell off to foreign governments to invade your privacy. And this friend of mine is going through this, and quite frankly, I think it's frightening as shit. I think it's shady, and the company that does this, and if you know anything about these tests, you already know who the company is. But the company that does this, they're really, really sketchy. And this is the type of shit. Add this to the list of stuff that we, the people, need to put the kibosh on like yesterday. Uh, Best of luck with the test. Uh, um, I hope he never has to do it again. Let me tell you that much. Oh, and I was talking to a friend of mine, telling him how I was going to change the format slightly, how we were going to this, the commentary... As opposed to the old Terry Wilkerson show. And he made a very good point that I'm going to have to do a lot of adjusting. I'm going to have to change everything not only on the website. Not only with the distribution of the show. But on my own computer. My own file system. I'm going to have to completely revamp. Because commentary, as I said, was a side project. But he asked me. What am I doing about Tarant Sports? And that's an interesting question. Tarant Sports is a... If you're not familiar with it, it is kind of a sports show that I do that's similar to commentary. It has been part of this show at times, and at times it has not. It's been a separate entity. So, what am I going to do about that? Well, I'm going to have to try and... Well, I'm not going to try. I have to do this a little bit more frequently. And quite frankly, folks, there are going to be times where I'm going to bring stuff from Terrence Sports onto this show. It's commentary. It's the way I view the country. So... Kind of a heads up there. If you have been a long-time listener, you've dealt with that kind of vacillation. If you're a newer listener, you might enjoy it. Um, Tarant Sports is usually focused around Major League Baseball, Professional Wrestling, NASCAR, and Rodeo. Those are my four sports. Those are the things I love the most in terms of sports. So Tarant Sports will... It'll still be around in one form or another. It might be a standalone show. Well, there'll definitely be a standalone show, but don't be surprised if it creeps into this. Don't be surprised if anything creeps into commentary. I have tried formats on this show more times than I care to think about. I've tried every possible format that works for me, that gives me the voice that I want out here. And some of the the format has stuck around. I mean, we kind of do at least... For the past 10, 15 episodes, we've done the same thing where we've kind of started out with the quote of the week and we've gone into what's going on around the country. And I give a little mini rant, what my lovely fiance refers to as the Tarant, which is where the Tarant sports thing came from. And we have been reading from this book, John Wayne Grit Daily Inspiration and Frontier Wisdom for Men. We've been doing it at the end of the episodes. Trying to keep some form of a format, but yeah, you know, it's funny because I have been kind of going back through the whole reason that I wanted to get into broadcasting and podcasting specifically, and it was to get my opinion out there, and it, it was never to have a structured show like a Joe Rogan or some shit, and it was never certainly it was never to be anything like Howard Stern, the the biggest blowhard in the history of broadcasting. I, how the guy. Ever got to be popular? I don't know. I've never been a fan. I've read his book. I've seen his movie. I listened to his show back in the day briefly to find out what the big deal was. And still to this day, don't understand. Same thing with Joe Rogan. I don't understand the whole worship of Joe Rogan. I don't understand why people are so into his show. But hey, he's got an audience 745 billion times larger than mine. But you know what? A tea, I guarantee you, I'd love my audience a lot more than he does his. Well, I mean, I can't, like, offer you guys money the way he does. But you get the idea. So, this format that we've been using, is it going to stick around? I don't know. And it's funny because all of the the podcasting tutorials tell you to keep this format. Just find a format and stick with it. Well, my format is I come out here and I talk about what I see. And sometimes... It leads into a 45-minute rant. We had episodes recently where it's been nothing but a 45-minute rant, and sometimes I end up sticking to my format. It really depends. So don't be surprised if you have to deal with either one of them. But America, right now, sticking to our actual format, we're going to see what's going on around the country that you may not have heard about. This is the sit rep. All right, our first story is coming out of Arizona, where Governor Katie Hobbs is expected to sign an executive order banning discrimination based on hair. America, I wish I could give you more than that, but that's the headline. That is, she is trying to ban, quote, discrimination based on hair. Basically meaning that if you are applying for a job, let's say at a McDonald's, and you have dreadlocks down to your ass... That they can't say, well, since you can't cover it, we can't hire you. What, what fucking sense does this make? You, if do you remember the song "Signs"? Long-haired freaky people need not apply. If somebody walks in and they have a huge nappy mass of hair on their head, and it's a business like a Subway or a McDonald's or, or otherwise a business where sanitation is necessary, you know, like anything. And she's signing a bill, basically, that's going to effectively say, McDonald's can't tell that person, no, you have to, you can't uh, have this job because of the way your hair is. This is going to lead to, you know... This is going to lead exactly where the, uh, this is why I get frustrated in America. This is going to lead exactly where the party wants it. This is going to lead exactly where the socialists want to go, which is standards have to be eliminated. That's what the heart of this dumbass bill about not being able to discriminate based on hair is all about. Standards have to be torn down. From a legal perspective, they're trying to say that people are being targeted for having dreadlocks or cornrows or afros or what have you. You know what? I have no hair. I shave my head. And people have a tendency to look at me. I'm a six foot one, almost 300 pound white dude who shaves his head. So every once in a while, I'll get those suspicious looks. But you know what? It's not a fucking problem to me. I know what my opinion is on things. I know what my belief is. I don't give a shit if somebody else does based on the fact that I have no hair. And the fact that I have no hair makes it a lot easier when I go into, well, when I used to, because I've been out of the restaurant business for over a year now, but when I used to go into restaurants for an interview and stuff, it made it a lot easier to comply with sanitation regulations because, you know, it's kind of hard to get hair in food when you don't have any. All right, our next story, we're going to go over to North Carolina. North Kakalaki. I believe I still have family. There. I know I have family in South Carolina. I think I still have some in North Carolina as well. All right, so what's going on over there in North Carolina? The North Carolina Senate approves bill that will reduce wait time for permit holders to drive unsupervised. In other words, people who are just learning how to drive previously had to wait 12 months after getting their permit to drive unsupervised, and now they will have to wait six months. This is the opposite of helpful. Quite frankly, this is the opposite of helpful. Now, and this is where I kind of get um, a little bit sidetracked because I have two views on this that kind of butt heads with each other. Number one, I actually think we we, we as a country need to realize that driver's licenses are unconstitutional. They violate the Interstate Commerce Clause. You should not have to have a permit to travel. You should not have a, have to have a permit to drive. The right to travel is in the Constitution. It is guaranteed to us by the Founding Fathers. Driver's licenses in any form are unconstitutional. Hell, the, the concept of automobile insurance is unconstitutional. The concept of seatbelts is unconstitutional. These are simply laws. These are what are called malum prohibitum. These are laws that are in place. These are things that are bad by law, not bad by nature, which malum malum prohibitum is wrong by law. Malum and say is wrong in nature. Murder, sexual assault... Uh, Theft, robbery, those things are malum and say. Those are wrong on their face. Malum prohibita, this is just shit that people make up to put money in the government coffers. And that's all driver's licenses, car insurance, and seatbelt regulations have ever been. The other thing here is, I have a hard time knowing in the back of my head that this current generation, Generation Z, is allowed to drive Period. I, it just, it gets on my, it, it it bothers me knowing that this generation is going to be taking over things like the road soon. Everywhere I look, there's fucking Teslas everywhere and all sorts of hybrid shit. And knowing full well that those people who are getting their driver's license um, are, are, A generation that I don't want out on the road. And I'm honest about it. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and say, I have faith and uh, hope in the future generation. No, I fucking don't. So if you ask me, instead of extending or decreasing the time to six months, it should be like 25 years. Because I don't want any of these kids out on the, the roads. But here's the thing. I will still sit here and say, no matter what I think about this generation... The Interstate Commerce Clause still applies. The right to interstate travel still applies. As much as I hate the idea of fucking Gen Z or whatever they're calling themselves actually getting out on the roads, they have every right to do it. And this does absolutely nothing except reinforce the existing bullshit laws and the constant restrictions of our rights, especially in this situation, the right to interstate travel. It it is so hard It is so fucking hard, America, to keep a balance of freedom is absolute and how much I distrust this current generation. But as much as I do distrust it, I will will stand up for their human, individual, constitutional rights just as much as I will any other generation. Water break. And finally... We have, well, something going on over in Oregon. Obviously, when you think about Oregon these days, you think of Portland. And when you think of Portland, you think of the whole separatist thing out there. The um, the anarchist, anarchist commune that they came up with. The I cannot remember the name of it right now to save my life. But over in Oregon... A dozen Oregon counties voted to leave Oregon and join Idaho. Local secession movements have sprung up in multiple states due to the urban-rural political divide. Apparently, according to this article, counties in Oregon, Illinois, and other states have voted to leave their states. This is not going to happen, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because I do believe, as I've said before, that there needs to be a divide of some form in this country. If you want to leave Oregon, man, what the fuck is going on out there? You have Antifa establishing these independent zones, and now counties in Oregon want to leave the state and go to Idaho? And nobody seems to realize that the whole point here, that the whole reason all this is happening, is that the party has widened the political and social divide, and they do so on a daily basis. To the point where counties want out of their states, America. And this is in Oregon. You remember, you know, the whole Oregon Trail thing? They, people traveled the Oregon Trail to get there? Oregon was once considered one of the, the, the shining points of our nation. And now we have counties who are like, "Ah, eh, fuck this place, I want out. And nobody seems to be talking about, at least in the government, nobody seems to be talking about the reason is the political and social divide that's being perpetuated by the party, the political and social climate that has been created by the party permitting Antifa, BLM, and communist terrorist groups in mass to overtake parts of our country. There's going to be a divide sooner or later, and it's going to either be amicable and peaceable, or it's going to be not so amicable and not so peaceable. And... I hope for their sake, Oregon is not the first state to find out, but sooner or later, yeah, somebody's going to fuck around and find out. All right, so that's what's going on in the country that you might not have heard about. Look into some of that shit. As always, do not go with the first internet search that you find. You know, when you're looking for your news, look deeper. I actually got into an argument with somebody a couple of months ago on social media, and it's one of the reasons that I found myself... Slowly leaving all social media. I do have the regular accounts that you can find on TerryWilkerson.com. If you really want to find me on social media, you go there and you just click the links and find me on the less notable, I guess you would say, social media sites. I'm, I'm with sites that are, number one, most of them are blockchain encrypted. I can't pretend to understand blockchain, but whatever. But second of all, if there is any form of censorship or any form of information leak, I'm out. I don't I don't associate with those types of websites, so you know the ones I'm on are safe. But this argument was about... You, I, I do not just take the first page, when I and I don't use Google. Fuck Google. I use DuckDuckGo, or I use a Tor browser. And I never read the results on the first page. I always go three, four, five, six pages deep. And this guy was getting on my case saying, well, that's because, you know, you're looking for that fringe argument that supports your theory. No, I don't want the common answer to these questions. I don't want to have my only search result being what everybody else in the world was searching on Google that day. I want more information. Which is why, when you hear me talk about the fact that Barack Hussein al-Obama admitted to being born in Kenya... You have to get off the first page of the internet search. You have to go look a little bit deeper. It's there. And it's not buried in the back because it's a fringe theory. It's buried in the back because of the algorithms used by big tech to promote the stories they believe in and to hide the evidentiary stories that they don't want you to know about. So don't ever settle on the first web search, please. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this week in American history. Okay, we got a couple to talk about here. Number one, March 20th, 1900. The United States Socialist Party forms in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, there you have it. 123 years ago, the U.S. Socialist Party formed in this country. So when people want to say, well, socialism didn't really take root in America until the 1960s. Bullshit. Bullshit. It took place in, it took root in America long before that. And if the party formed in 1900, think about how many decades before that there had to be the rumblings of socialism in the United States. This country has been dealing with this cancer of socialism for 123 years officially. In America, that is the cancer that we need to cure on a social level. We can can definitely, you know, put money into curing cancer, on a medical level, if we stop fucking around with big pharma and stop giving them money and stop allowing these big pharma companies to make a shit ton of money off of the sick and force them into an open market system, which would then, of course, benefit the cure for cancer. But as far as the social cancer of socialism goes, it needs to be addressed like yesterday. And March 18th, 1939... I want to repeat that date for you, America. March 18th, 1939. Georgia, the state of Georgia, you know, where, like, Atlanta is, where the Braves play, ratifies the Bill of Rights. I'm going to repeat that first sentence again. March 18th, 1939, Georgia ratifies the Bill of Rights. Yes, you know, the first ten amendments to the Constitution. 150 years after the birth of the federal government... Connecticut and Massachusetts, the only other states to hold out the original ratification, also ratify the Bill of Rights in this year. It took three states, 150 years, and these are not, this is not Alaska or Hawaii, this is not states that came in in the 40s and 50s, no, these were states that have been around for a long-ass time, especially in the case of Connecticut and Massachusetts, original 13 colonies, Georgia was part of a later expansion. 150 years took them to ratify the Bill of Rights. If you're shaking your head, you're not the only one. I don't have anything I can even really say about that, because I don't understand how the fuck it takes 150 years to ratify the most important part of the Constitution. But that, for this week, is your This Week in History. America, I know you already know this, but we have a problem. We have a major malfunction. And this week, our problem, our major malfunction, is that we put way too much stock in what the rest of the world does when we're viewing our progress as a nation. America, every morning, I take a bus route through Center City, Philadelphia to my office. And it's funny because I look around and I see places pop up all the time, like there's a Shake Shack. Which, as far as I knew, Shake Shack was a West Coast thing. It was a California thing. And then I see they've put in a Raising Cane's. Never been there, but I hear nothing but good things about it. It's supposed to be a really good southern chicken strip type place. And I do love fried chicken. It's probably my favorite item in the world to eat. And then you look around and you see... Your standard, you know, French restaurants, Thai restaurants, Korean restaurants, Italian restaurants. And it leaves me just shaking my head because I thought Philadelphia was proud of its history and heritage as what it is. Isn't their slogan, No one likes us, we don't care? It used to be the city of brotherly love, but it's become No one likes us, we don't care. So I thought Philadelphia was proud of that. But they're kind of homogenizing with All of these different cultures, not only from across the country, but around the world. And this is what we're doing, America, as a society, is we are taking too much from the rest of the world and saying, this is the way they do things over there in France or Italy or Spain or Germany or Russia. Maybe we should include that in our lifestyle. America, what made America unique to begin with was the fact that every single region in the country had different languages, history, heritage, cultures. I have talked about this ad nauseum, and I will continue to talk about this ad nauseum. What makes us special and unique in this country is the fact that every single locale was special and unique. We're homogenizing, and we're doing it based on the fact that, oh, well, that's what they do in the rest of the world. We're not the rest of the world, America. We are the greatest country on the planet. No matter how shitty things may be getting, we're the only country in the history of the world that can and does change its entire structure to right the wrongs of the past. You don't see Russia, China, Germany, Romania, Ukraine, Italy, France. You don't see any of them doing that. That's only here in America. And we want to use this this homogenization that the rest of the world is going through as some shining light on America to say this is how we should live? No, America. You don't want to have Texas in Minnesota. You don't want Florida in Idaho. I mean, apparently... Oregon wants part of Oregon and Idaho, but that's a weird situation. What makes America unique is our differences. It's also what unifies us. The fact that we as a nation can exist together with very disparate beliefs, social structures, food. I mean, food is a huge thing in this country. You you would never have gumbo... Coming out of Kansas. Okay, gumbo is a product of that particular section. It's actually a product of an old French dish, but I'm not going to get into culinary history here. It is that idea. It is the idea of so many different lifestyles and so many different ways of viewing the world that come together and we can all be harmonious, or at least we used to be able to be. But ideally, we can be harmonious while believing different things. While having family coming from different parts of the world. And that's, that's awesome. I love the idea that we're all different. We don't need to all be the same. As long as you don't hurt anybody or force anybody to believe what you believe in. As long as you respect everybody else's belief, do whatever the fuck you want. As long as uh, there's two rules, two rules. Don't harm anybody and sure as fuck, don't harm kids. The second you harm kids, you forfeit your right to life. We need to go back to a point where we recognize that our differences and the ability to live with them is what made this country so special to begin with. That's the only way. We're going to fix it. It is our uniqueness. It is our diversity that made us the envy of the world. And now we have the party using that same diversity to divide this country and make us the laughing stock of the world. Time to say no. Time to tell the party. Time to tell the fucking leftist socialist cocksmokers that the time of division is over. The party isn't going to do it. It's going to have to be we the people. And America, as always, we are going to wrap up this week by reading from John Wayne Grit, Daily Inspiration and Frontier Wisdom for Men. This week we are at day 10. Superiority is superficial. Get down off them horses. I don't favor looking up to the likes of you. John Wayne as Thomas Dunson in the 1948 film Red River. Whether standing on a soapbox, constantly bringing up their job title, or just being plain pretentious, you've likely met many individuals who do all they can to convey a sense of superiority. And it doesn't take a crystal ball to know that you'll meet many more. But next time they do, don't be afraid to point out they're putting on airs. Despite being one of the biggest stars in Hollywood history, John Wayne never lorded his status over anyone. Instead, he made sure to show appreciation to every cast and crew member that made his films possible. The Western legend didn't have to flaunt his status and didn't take kindly to others attempting the same. You shouldn't either. Lead by example, even if that means telling others when they should hang back and follow. America, if there is anybody whose life and history symbolizes the individual spirit of America more than John Wayne. I have not yet met them, and I would like to. Amazing words of wisdom. You have to put people in their place. You have to call out people on their bullshit. Which takes us back to what I said a few minutes ago. It's time to tell the party to kiss our ass. America, we live in the greatest nation in the history of the world. We need to start fucking acting like it. Alright, that is all that we have for you this week, America. That is all for this episode. Thank you for joining me and until next time, America, please remember rights are absolute, eternal, and individual. The moment we allow the government to abridge a right, that right becomes a privilege and a privilege can be taken away. Hold your elected, account- your elected representatives accountable at all times. Watch the government closely. Do not trust the media and do your own research. And above all, Remember that our past is what laid the foundation for today. Be that history right or wrong, erasing it will only lead to a repeat of the evil that we have done. But knowing the truth about yesterday and the truth about today will guide us to the promise that only America can offer. And, by the way, also, America, rehearse your ending speech before you try to do it at the end of a podcast. Until next time, America, have a great. The Terry Wilkerson Show is produced by 1975 Podcast Productions, a division of 1028 Media. Go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. You can find The Terry Wilkerson Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you download your fine podcast content. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're on a platform where you can do so, give us a five-star rating. That way we can tell big tech that they can shove it up their ass. And until next time, America, stay calm, have courage, and wait for signs.